DJ Douglas out of Tulane is a Florida Gator. Jack Miller is no longer a Florida Gator. There's a lot going on with this roster here. We'll talk about it on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, on YouTube, if, if that's how you prefer to consume your content. I am Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports Giants Country NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E Medical. Uh, if you're part of the Lockdown Subtext group, what's up? Uh, if you're not, then you're not. If you want to be, it's joinsubtext.com slash lockdown gators. Uh, as you see all Florida being active in the transfer portal, a lot of this comes down to NIL. If you want to contribute to that, join Florida Victorious and use code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, save 20% off your first month. But speaking of the portal, Florida added DJ Douglas out of Tulane uh, earlier this weekend, uh, late Friday night late, or late Saturday night. Um and I'm a I'm a fan of adding DJ. We spoke about him, I believe, in each of the past two weeks. We've had at least segments covering him. And I, I'm a big fan of bringing him in, mostly because I do think that he can contribute at multiple spots. I don't look at him as a, a bona fide guarantee starter on this roster, at least not from day one, just jumping in here. I do, however, look at him as someone that will probably compete for significant playing time just from jump street uh again compete for it he can start at either safety spot or he can compete at star and try to start there or he can be the first safety off the bench he could be the first star player off the bench he could be the first safety and the first star player off the bench uh, i think he's got that kind of versatility where it's it's not a bad idea to, to get him mixed in there. I think that you can look at mixing him with Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton. I think having DJ Douglas allows you to have either Jordan Castell or Bryce Thornton work maybe a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, but also be versatile. If you show the two high looks, I think you can trust DJ Douglas to be the guy that drops back or comes down in run support as well. Um, which run support cannot be <laughs> overstated enough. I've said before, I do think that the Florida Gators run defense in 2024 is going to be significantly improved from 2023. Part of that is improving the defensive line. Part of that is improving your linebacker room. And part of that is adding guys like DJ Douglas who are willing run defenders from the defensive back field, just the secondary where Florida in 2023 was just far too passive against the run. And it was simple as that. Um, but I, I look at 
DJ Douglas is someone that will compete for a starting spot. And if he's not the starter, he's likely going to be safety three um, after Jordan Costello at one safety spot and Bryce Thornton at the other one. And I, I spoke about Bryce Thornton uh, yesterday. We did a little live stream at, at like noon uh, impromptu, just, just hopping on and talking. And I want to do those more frequently. Um, so let me know if you think that'd be something you're interested in and, and we'll get them uh, more involved in the schedule. But Bryce Thorne is someone that for me, first off, he's undersized. We'll just, we'll just call it what it is. He, he's listed as 5'10". Um, that, that's kind of small playing safety in the SEC level. Doesn't mean you can't do it. it. It just leaves you at a disadvantage. And I think that having Jordan Costello be, be big and, and be a, a giant at that size, he's like 6'3", uh, and playing that deep safety, I think that's a, that's a fine combination, but they were both young. They both make those inexperienced mistakes more often than you'd like for them to make. And DJ Douglas brings a little bit of experience, has deep safety experience specifically as well as working in the slot. And I think that's where he really, I think that's where he really helps you out. Like, like Bryce Thornton is someone that had great games. Like, like the Vanderbilt game is the one that I will continue to talk about was his best game in 2023. I think he played lights out. And I think a big part of that is because Vanderbilt threw the ball so frequently. And that's kind of where Bryce Thornton drive, uh, thrives. But having DJ Douglas come in, you have someone who should be about as good as Bryce Thornton is against the pass, but is going to be better against the run. And a lot of that does also come down to, for Bryce, he's inexperienced. It just is what it is. He was a true freshman. He played well for a true freshman, but he's just still a, a true freshman there. Um, also, there, there's Yam Banks is someone who was on campus this past weekend from South Alabama. Um, Florida loves South Alabama defensive backs. Jaden Boyson was supposed to come on a visit, and then that got canceled, and then his Mississippi State visit got canceled as well. Um, and I think Yam Banks is someone that you could look at to start at star and not safety. So I don't think DJ Douglas and Yam Banks, I don't think that it had to be, oh, DJ Douglas committed, now Yam Banks isn't an option. I think you can very well take both of them and play both of them. You could start both of them if that's what it ends up being. Uh, but I do think Yam Banks would immediately start. I think he'd be the starting nickel, sl slot, star, whatever the hell you want to call it. I think Yam Banks is star one if he gets here. And I'm a big fan of what Sharif Denson did last year for the Florida Gators in the limited snaps that he saw. But let's be honest here. Yam Banks is a starter quality star. He's probably not going to come here unless he's expecting to start. Not promised, but expecting to start. And that should be the expectation. Again, you look at the film and and Yam performed better than what Jaden Hill performed, better than how Jaden Hill performed last year. You look at, who, by the way, Jaden Hill and Scooby Williams both committed to Texas A&M. So there's that. Uh, Texas A&M and Ole Miss just love, just love Florida Gators. Um, but you look at what Yam Banks did on film, and he performed better than Jaden Hill did for Florida. He performed better than Sharif Denson did for Florida. But I do think that Yam immediately starts. I think Sharif Denson plays significantly more than he played in 2023. And that's an important part as well, that Sharif Denson really didn't play that much in 2023. And I know that so many of us love him. Like Sharif Denson's one of the guys where I'm like, oh, that's 
big fan of his coming out of high school. But the fact remains that he really didn't play much in 2023. And he plays the most difficult position on defense. I'd prefer having a little bit more experience there, have Yam Bank start, have Shreve Denton play more in 2024 than he did in 2023, and then go, okay, 2025, it's yours. Because Yam Banks, I think, only has one year of eligibility left, even if he wanted to stay for another one, or he'd have to request another year of eligibility. Um, which, I mean, at this point, there's a trillion years of eligibility available for some guys. Uh, we've seen so many seventh-year seniors. Um, but Yam, I believe, is on his last year of eligibility. Start him at star. Have Shreve Denson in, in 2025 as your guy. And I think that's your plan there at least relatively long-term. Now, we do have to talk also about uh, Florida lost a player yesterday, and it was the best possible player to lose, I think, if we're just if we're being honest, and Jack Miller. Before we talk about Jack Miller, though, we do have to get a quick word from FanDuel here. The NFL season is wrapping up. It's it's wrapped up, actually. It, it's done. It's done. Postseason hasn't started, but it, it's done. Uh, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Doesn't have to win. It's just place a $5 bet, get 115 bonus bets. Uh, yesterday was a very good NFL Sunday, very good week 18. Hit, hit, I hit my parlay of... It was... Uh, Tajay Spears over 23 and a half receiving yards. Juwan Johnson over 30 and a half uh, receiving yards. Ken Walker over 64 and a half rushing yards. And then Samir White over 73 and a half rushing yards. So that was just a beautiful round robin. It was great. It was very profitable. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. And remember that FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I said, Jack Miller III, no longer a Florida Gator. And I think that that is an awesome thing to happen. Uh, yesterday during the live stream, I said there are more roster spots that you can have available. Because, and we had this conversation on the live stream as well, there's... If my math is right, there's between two and four spots available, two to four uh, scholarships available for Florida on the 85-man scholarship chart. And with those, you're still looking at adding maybe Yam Banks. Uh, Cassius Howell, I know that the, the rumor is he's going to wind up at Texas A&M at the time of recording this, which is right before Sunday Night Football. Uh, at the time of recording this, he has not made an announcement. He's not made a decision at all. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to chalk him as gone at all. It's just Twitter rumors, and I'm not going to feed into those. So you're still looking for Cassius Howell. You're still looking at Yam Banks. You're still looking at receiver. I know there's interest in Quinshawn Judkins. I know that Florida's talked to at least a couple of tight ends. I know they might still be looking at offensive line. We'll talk about those in the next segment. But you see how many positions I named, and then I go, oh, you have between two and four scholarship spots available still? That's not that's not good. Just quick math tells you that I named more positions and players than you have available. So having Jack Miller leave 
is actually a fantastic thing for Florida's program. And I'm not sure if they told him, hey, dude, you got to head out. I I don't know if if this is one of those instances where he was pushed out. We know that Florida has done that before in this offseason. We know that Florida did that um, with Keenan Landry, defensive tackle. He And I'm sure it was other players as well. Um, but for Keenan Landry, he, he publicly said that, that he was told they will not have a scholarship for him in 2024. I'd imagine that happened with some of the other guys that left the roster as well. Maybe that's what happened with Jack Miller, and that's why he's gone. But we spoke about this, I want to say mid-November or early December maybe, of it wouldn't shock me if Jack Miller the third was just done playing football. You look at his time at Ohio State, there was nothing productive. He was in like just just garbage time, just mop-up duty. You look at when he came to Florida, was supposed to compete for the starting spot, lost that one quickly. And then during the 2022 season, didn't play. Uh, he was injured during the 2022 season, but he lost the starting battle really quickly. And so he spent 2022 not healthy. Uh, he had that thumb injury, which we talked about. He got surgery on his thumb and his throwing hand, which makes throwing the football just incredibly difficult because you can't grip it. You, you're not going to have any control or velocity on it. It's just a nightmare for you. So he missed that. And then when he did come back, it was the 2022 bowl game, the Las Vegas Bowl uh, against Oregon State. He had like a week of practice before he finally got to play. And it was a horrible blowout. I've said there, like I think coaching failed him in that game as well, but he didn't play well when coaching did give him the ability to make any plays or do anything. And then you look at, it was like, all right, 2023 season coming around. He's going to compete with Graham Mertz for the starting battle. And, and Max Brown's going to be like the dark horse in there. And then by the time we even finished spring ball, it was, Graham Mertz is going to be the starting quarterback. Max Brown might be QB two and not Jack Miller, the third. Um, and then season came around and Max Brown was QB two and not Jack Miller. It was just, it, it's been bad since he got here. There's no other way to put it. than other than Jack Miller was a whiff in, in that first portal cycle, which I get it. Billy Napiers wanted to bring in another uh, a portal QB to compete for the starting spot against Anthony Richardson. And he brought in Max Brown from high school, and it was going to be a whole little hodgepodge battle uh, for the spot. But Jack Miller left, and that frees up a scholarship spot if you're Florida. Like that, that's a huge addition, and it makes no impact on the quarterback room because you look at 2023, and it was Graham Mertz starting, Max Brown was QB two. By the end of the year, Jack Miller wasn't even QB three; he was QB four because Graham Mertz didn't play against Florida State. He was ruled out way before. Because uh, obviously he got hurt against Missouri. Max Brown was named the starter. It was Michael Leone was QB two, and then Parker Lisey, a walk-on quarterback, was QB three on the depth chart against Florida State. And Jack Miller was off it completely. And and that was kind of where we were like, all right, he's he's just done. Um, and and so him leaving is nothing but good for Florida. I realized that whenever a player leaves the program, people are just like, ah, you lost him. Um, him leaving is nothing more than a freed scholarship for Florida. And that's fantastic because now 
where I was like, oh, you've got between two and four scholarships available uh, to use on, on transfer portal players still. Now you're looking at you've got between three and five scholarships available. And, and that clears things up a lot because if it is five, you can address basically every position that I named earlier and that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So Jack Miller leaving, like it, like it sucks for him, you know, and I wish him the best, whatever he plans on doing. But for Florida as a program standpoint, which is what we, we talk about here, massive win to get that scholarship available. There's also, like I, I know yesterday I was on the live stream, I was like, yeah, there's plenty of guys on this roster, or there's a few guys on this roster that are just wasting a scholarship spot. Jack Miller was one of the, I said I wasn't going to name names, uh, but now that Jack Miller is gone, I will say he was one of the players I was referring to there where it's like, there's just no need for a scholarship spot. 2023, he was off the depth chart by the end of it. 2024, I don't know where he'd be, but he would be at best QB3, probably QB4. I mean, Parker Lisey passed him up before, so... Yeah, uh, Parker Lisey passed him up once. Parker Lisey would probably pass him up again. Uh, Michael Leone is gone. Graham Mertz is back. DJ Lagway is in. So Max Brown's out, but DJ Lagway's in. It just, there was no future here for Jack Miller III. Uh, so regardless of what he plans on doing, this is good from just a pure roster building standpoint. This is a good decision. Uh, also, Florida's making moves to like add a front office style approach to this. We'll talk about that during this week. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of it, but we'll talk about that potential approach during this week. But from pure roster building standpoint, this is a fantastic, fantastic departure. Uh, probably the best possible departure you could have as far as potential impact versus the scholarship availability. I, I think Florida just won this one completely. Um, but then you do have to talk about what to do with those scholarship spots, which we will in a minute. We'll, we'll talk about what else Florida should or could approach during the transfer portal or what else they could try to add. But first, we're going to get a quick word from Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I, and we get fired up about wins and losses and who starts and who sits. And I know that uh, on Saturday, we went live after the... Florida Gators lost the Kentucky Wildcats, which again is the plan for most, if not every SEC game for, uh, for men's basketball is to go live after those, just like football. And I'm thankful for the connection we have. I tell you guys that all the time today chat's going to be a little bit more personal because whether you're on an extended travel bracing for a major weather event, like we just had a snowstorm all weekend where I'm at, uh, or you're limited by yet another supply shortage. You're still covered, thanks to Jace Medical. With life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply. One year. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your one-year supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. So if you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase with Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. And to wrap up today's show, we're going to talk about just 
what else Florida can or should look at in the transfer portal. You, again, you've got between three and five scholarship spots available. And again, recording this right before Sunday night football, right before Bill's Dolphins. So if there's news, maybe we're going live and this changes. But um, looking at what you need, first off is Edge. I think Cassius Howell is kind of the guy that Florida's put their mark on as this is the one that we're like really pushing for. And he went to Texas A&M this weekend. Uh, he was at Florida. It was Wednesday through Friday he left. Then he went to Texas A&M. I don't know when he got there, but I know he was there yesterday. He was posting on his Instagram story. Um, and that Twitter thinks he's going to be uh, an Aggie. Um, Twitter says things all the time that are wrong. They also say things that are right, but they also say things that are wrong. So I'm not going to take it as fact at all. I'm still going to firmly believe that Florida will be pursuing Cassius Howell until he is no longer an option on the uh, on the transfer portal, until he's no longer available there. So Cassius Howell would be one of your scholarship spots. Then you look at wide receiver, and we know that Florida's at least dabbled with a few. You brought in Shimmeray DK from Wisconsin. Florida's still looking to add in more. Uh, CJ Daniels is priority number one. CJ Daniels out of Liberty, um, which is a fun little thing to talk about because, of course, Florida's potential offensive coordinator hire that we've been kind of talking about a ton is Willie Korn, who is Liberty's offensive coordinator. And so if you do bring in Willie Korn, you probably get the inside track for C.J. Daniels, but C.J. Daniels is priority number one in the portal right now for Florida at receiver. Uh, he's six foot two. He's got size. That they're looking for on the outside. That's that's a big selling point for him is that size and his ability. A great year at Liberty, uh, but this is one of those guys where great year, looking to take the next step up. So Daniels had fifty five catches, over thousand yards, ten touchdowns. It, it was a great year for him in an offense that was incredibly explosive. Uh, there's just no other way to put it. I do think that he has some legitimate issues with drops that are a concern, but um, I, I think that that's one of those. I, I will say, I think they're focus drops, which are the fixable kinds. It's not just like you have stone hands. It's the focus drops in the sense of like, he's trying to turn his head and make a play before he looks in the ball. And then he's dropping it at that point. It's, it's what Odell Beckham Jr. dealt with. So, I mean, drove me crazy at the beginning of his career. Uh, and he cleaned that up as he went on. Then you have Malik Benson is the the number two receiver that you're looking at in the portal right now. Did not play much with Alabama this year. Um, and that, that's just that that's where we talk about um, what we've talked about so frequently of you don't want an SEC backup like that's not what we're looking for we're not looking for sec backups because of course if you're taking a guy who couldn't cut it at georgia then you're probably not going to be better than georgia however malik benson and i don't want to say he's an outlier there i don't want to say you excuse it but he was the top juco recruit in the country last year uh so top juco recruit out of hutchinson um which I believe Florida, I, I forgot who, but Florida had someone else come from Hutchinson uh, maybe a year or two ago or, or a couple years ago. But but Hutchinson's been a, a community college that produces SEC talent. 
like like that. They just churn them out. Um, and Malik Benson is the most recent one. Barely played at Alabama. Again, that's Alabama. But yeah, I'd rather take CJ Daniels, a group of five guy looking to take the next step up as opposed to a guy that couldn't crack the rotation at Alabama receiver. When, when it's not like Alabama had their typical, you know, uh, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, like, the, like the, the incredible run they've had at receiver. Yeah, they've still got a few guys that are great, like Jermaine Burton, but Malik Benson, it, it, I would say that I'd much prefer CJ Daniels over him. I won't be mad if it's Malik Benson, but I'm also not going to be skipping for joy. Um, Florida did address wide receiver with Chimere DK. However, I think that was more Graham needs an experienced receiver in the room. Graham has chemistry with Chimere DK from Wisconsin. Let's bring in the guy that he already has chemistry and let's not, let's not make this more complex than it needs to be. Bring in the guy that you know Graham likes, that you know Graham can work with, that you know Graham will throw to, and that Graham trusts, and call it a day. And that's where you're at. Uh, Quinchon Judkins will continue to be a name that I'm going to mention until he commits elsewhere. Ole Miss running back. I get it. Like, I understand the whole, he's got character concerns. Jackson Dart kicked him out of the game, basically, the bull game. Let me put this as clear as I possibly can. I don't care. Do you remember when, if you don't remember, but Jaden Daniels, when he left Arizona State, do you remember what the response was from his teammates? When Jaden Daniels left Arizona State, his teammates went into his locker and started taking his things and celebrating and yelling, he sucked anyway, and he was terrible, and we hated him, and all that. Then he went to a new place where he was happier, where he didn't have any off-field things. Went to a new place where he was happier, didn't have any off-field distractions, didn't have any issues like that. Won the Heisman. This is Quinshawn Judkins. Jaden Daniels was thought of as a cast-off when he came to LSU. Quinshawn Judkins is the best running back in the SEC. I'm not concerned about any chemistry issues that he had with Ole Miss. I'm not concerned about him telling his offensive linemen to block better. That does not bother me. Montrell Johnson has not said definitively that he's coming back. The expectation has always been that he will be back, but he hasn't said he's coming back. Even if Montrell does come back, you can take Quinshawn Judkins and use them both. You just did that with two very talented running backs. You lost one of them. You can bring in Quinshawn and upgrade your running back room. You do that if he's available. I don't care about anything else. If you're willing to be a player for him NIL-wise, you can bring him in, and you should do that. You bring in good players at positions you need. Don't tell me the running back room is stacked. There's one guy who's been productive in there for the past two seasons. Cam Carroll from Tulane was not productive in 2022 because he dealt with injury, and then he got hurt before the 2023 season. Trayon Webb was not productive in 2023 as Florida's running back three. Kanan Daniels, true freshman. Jaden Ball, true freshman. I'm not turning down Quinshawn Judkins because we have one productive running back in the room. No. That just makes no sense in any way, shape, or form. Like, think with your brain, not your heart. Because uh, like I said, I love Kanye Daniels. I love Jaden Ball. I love Tron Webb. 
I love Cam Carroll. But think with your brain, not your heart. You got to win football games if you're Billy Napier. They're not going to turn down Quinshawn Judkins because they have three young guys and a super senior that hasn't been healthy since 2021. Okay? It's as simple as that. Uh, tight end Florida is Florida has contacted a few tight ends. I'm not sure about offers or how hard they're pursuing, but I I've said multiple times, I think Florida desperately needs to add a depth tight end in the transfer portal. Um, just you, you don't have any experience to depth. And I think you need to add that somewhere. So, and I don't think that it's wise to go. Yeah. Hayden and Arliss played a ton of snaps in 2023, a tight end. We're just planning on running that back. That's not sustainable. If one of them gets banged up, it screws everything. And then offensive line, I think Florida will remain to be a player in there. I'm not sure how hard they're going to pursue guys, uh, but you've added two tackles. Maybe you look to the inside, or maybe you're bumping one of your tackles, Damian George, into guard, and, and that's your plan there. But you've lost both of your starting guards to the transfer portal. One of your starting tackles was terrible in 2023. So offensive line is easily a position I can see Florida going, yep, we're going to triple dip in there right now. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back maybe later, but we'll definitely be back at the latest tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole 9 Sports Giants, Century NFL 33. And as always, I'll see you all next time.